Hi, this is Aiden. And this is Kale. And this is the No One Asked podcast. This is a podcast where we will talk about films and movies, even though no one asked. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, Euphoria's uh, second episode called Stuntin' Like My Daddy. And today, we're just going to dive in and talk about anything and everything we, any opinions we have about the show while going through it, keeping in mind we are not experts in any sort of way. Yeah, so, for sure. This is honestly one of my favorite episodes, so I'm kind of excited to get started. So let's just go. Yeah. So like with all of the episodes in the season, excluding I think the first and the last, uh-huh. there's all like a main character they focus on, and yeah. this one is Nate's episode. Right. And it's a lot. And it's Nate's episode, and so much gets revealed. It's honestly a lot. And also, I would like to say that the song they do for. Um, it's literally called Nate's Growing Up. Ah, it's so cool. I'm trying to plug Labyrinth again, but, like, if it just hits different. Like, I'll listen to it without even being invested in the show. Literally. I'll just be like, oh, this, this is nice. I tried to actually have my mom listen to it, and she didn't get it. Oh, like, no. didn't understand. <laughs> and I don't think she'd understand Euphoria in general, but I was so excited about the song. So, yeah. Anyway. The song's, like, it's got, like screaming and then random quiet parts and then screaming yeah. again and I was like that's very much Nate that makes sense yeah it's like it really highlights his mental struggle his like struggle with his sexuality which I know is kind of a controversial topic I've actually seen a lot of discourse on it like mm-hmm. but it he does struggle with his sexuality regardless of what that sexuality is because of what he saw when he was like a child yeah and that's something that like is the first part of this episode really is when Rue is introducing him, he finds his dad's sex videos on his computer mm-hmm. and like, or on like little discs and everything. Yeah, and like keep in mind that like he's eleven mm-hmm. at this point, and like being exposed to porn in general is like pretty pretty bad, pretty bad, especially, especially at eleven. Age. But with your literal father yeah. being in it. And having, seeing, like, random, like, men and women, like, calling your dad, daddy, in a way yeah. that you probably called him at some, not, no, not way, but, like, you probably called yeah. him daddy at some point. It's probably like, very confusing. Yeah, and traumatic as fuck. Yeah, and that uh. doesn't excuse his behavior, but it does explain it, and it's like, yeah. ooh, it just feels really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But it, this show is really all about making us kind of go out of our comfort zones and what we think and believe for real and like showing that not one human has no flaws that was the worst wording of that sentence ever <laughs> but basically just doing that and everything yeah so yeah i thought that intro was pretty interesting and um i really appreciated just everything about it mm-hmm. um but it's just i don't know i also found it like there's a, there's a scene where, like, Cal is, like, he almost catches Nate, but Nate's super smart, which we kind of see in this scene, because he's, like, figuring out, like, the yes. code. But he gives Nate this lecture when he's going to bed mm-hmm. about how he has to, he's, like, got, like, an iron will, and he's super yeah. strong. And it's it's really weird, because he's 11, and right. he's, like, speaking, and he's really, like... And it's like his dad knows, and it's, like... Refuses to, like, right acknowledge. Right now, we're going to establish that we never talk about this. Yeah. And honestly, as a gay person with a gay father, it's like, ooh. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, it 
it didn't bring up like specific traumas that I've had because obviously that I mean not obviously but that kind of thing has never happened to me mm -hmm. but it's like I don't know yeah it's kind of like because I when I grew up my dad was homophobic and now he's gay and so it's like what do we do about this mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like that's kind of what's going on with Nate his yeah. dad is repressing himself and he's taking it out on Nate Nate's repressing himself for liking jewels or liking other people whatever mm -hmm. there's so, yeah. like so many ways that they could have that cal could have at least acknowledged it in a way that he was like could have been maybe explained himself he supported like, his son yeah. or like anything that like would have made nate not go into hyper masculine mode where he's right. like hyper masculine mode yeah so many especially <laughs> queer men just dive deep into that mm -hmm. um and, and it's, it's like almost, almost a form of self-harm it really is because like the way he's working out his diet schedule when he's like 11 that's yeah. not healthy at all oh no not at all yeah that was something also interesting that i don't i don't think it's kind of glossed over but the fact that he has such a rigorous workout routine is kind of indicative of like behavioral like a behavioral uh problem that is not just him being upset with his dad because i'm not diagnosing him with any sort of disordered eating but it's like that obsession with weight loss and things like that mm -hmm. especially at the age of 11 12 13 yeah is really damaging and it also happens a lot with queer men so it's like yeah he's definitely like trying to like prove himself to yes. like i think like not only his father who he, he just like, got this really weird like lecture about yeah. being a man but he's also trying to prove to himself that like okay i'm not gonna end up like that i'm not gonna end up like that which yeah. is like ends up like him like repressing his sexuality and becoming mm -hmm. super fucking violent yeah it's just really it's just really weird yeah but it makes him an interesting and dynamic character that we don't have to like mm -hmm. just because he's had a rough childhood yeah we do not have to like him I think you that, can empathize with him without sympathizing for him without I, having sympathy yeah because I hate him. I honestly mm -hmm. despise him as a character. But seeing this little glimpse into his humanity is kind of necessary. Yeah. Especially with the nature of Euphoria because it really takes a look at every different side of the story. Mm -hmm. I so. think that, like, going into, like, um, so, like, kind of, we already talked about his childhood. But, like, I think the way that they transitioned to his childhood to his, like, mm -hmm. now or at least teenage years with the mirror scene oh yeah where it's like that was such like a quick and easy Euphor is so good at that like yeah. really quick and easy transformations that but just like show a lot and like in then it, it like literally matches up with like uh him like screaming in the song yeah. and then like it's it's so interesting it's showing how like all his like childhood trauma is like carried into his years mm -hmm. and then like it goes into how he joined football he's mm -hmm. like He's getting status as, like, a popular kid at school. And he's, like, he's, like, the top alpha and everything. Mm -hmm. And even though he's got all these things, it shows that, like, he's still not comfortable with himself. He isn't. At all. And you can definitely see that with, like, the locker room scene. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess one thing we should kind of address, and I don't know if you've seen it, but it's, like, there's a lot of discourse uh, about how we can't assume that Nate's gay just because he likes jewels. But I feel like there are other things that imply that he is into not just jewels. Mm -hmm. And, like, yes, it does not make you gay to be into a trans woman. Mm -hmm. That Obviously, ob yeah. Obviously agree with that. However, the way he feels uncomfortable in the locker room and 
also the locker room is like yeah. a big thing. Like dicks on screen everywhere. 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 Literally everywhere. Like, everywhere. Okay. Which like <laughs> we're not even gonna get into how that's I mean we might, but like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? But then also there's just so many different things that indicate that he's struggling with his sexuality, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's a big part of his character. So Yeah. And I don't think it's even like I don't think the show is trying to be like, oh, like for sure like Nate is gay or Nate is bi or like right. whatever. It's just showing that like he's obviously like naturally he's not only attracted to the binary mm-hmm. and like that's scary like for the him. most feminine of women mm-hmm. and that's yeah, like that's terrifying and like that's what he's scared of. It's not even that he's like oh, like, am I attracted to the guys? Am I attracted to, like, someone else? It's, like, if he's not, yes. if he doesn't fit into the binary, right? He that's, like, and he I, needs to self-destruct. To I basically. think that's a really good point, too, because the the requirements he has for women, which comes up in the later episode, yeah, too. Yeah, so weird. It's, like, <laughs> it's almost like he hyper-focuses on the fact that he can find the most feminine woman mm-hmm. so that he can, like, be more masculine yeah. in comparison to her. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's like the way that he, like, focuses on it, like, exactly right. what you said. It shows that, like, he's he's paying attention to his attraction way too much. Like, way if too you're much. if you're naturally attracted to somebody, first of all, you don't make a categorical list of right. things you're attracted to. You do not to. make that. I feel like it's just a general thing. That's like, I don't know, thing. like, maybe, maybe I'm people do, sure but... I'm pretty sure I've never, like, yeah. said, oh, I have a crush <laughs> on this person. Here's five, like, 15 reasons why. Yeah. No. I just, that, and that's I also not don't natural. have 15 requirements when I want to like someone. Yeah. It just happens. You just like someone. Which makes him seem kind of fake, but also kind of like calculated in mm-hmm. everything he does. It's like, which person will give me the best uh, reputation at school, what will make people not want to question us, things like that. Mm-hmm. Question him. Yeah, it's all about his presentation. Like, attraction isn't even like a it's never something natural for him it's never about feelings it's always calculated like everything Nate does is calculated which is from even especially in his relationship with Maddie Mm -hmm. and especially with the things he does to girls like the thing he found most the first thing he knows about Maddie they said was that she was completely hairless and I'm like that's not a natural attraction thing like that's super calculated no yeah that's just calculated literally so like we get into, like, we also get a little into Nate and Maddie's relationship and the mm-hmm. nature of it. And, like, it's... Uh, okay, you go first. Like, what do you, what did you think about that? It's just kind of... I just don't like it. Yeah. And I don't know how to <laughs> say it. Like, it's obviously it's a toxic relationship, right? Like, they're both getting something out of it, but they're also, like, aimed to hurt the other person the whole time. And that's mm-hmm. very evident in, like, the first episode. Mm-hmm when they're dancing with other people and when she goes to the pool and everything. But, like, I don't know. Is it, This is the episode, right, where he, like, uh, when he first notices Maddie, uh, but, like, when he notices all the other girls, I feel like mm. it's, like, the way he, like, looks at women, I'm like, ooh. Like, yeah. I don't he know. definitely, he doesn't see them as people. He doesn't see them as people. He sees them as commodities that he can control what they look like. Mm-hmm. Or if he can't, he doesn't want anything. Women are simply existing to, like, enhance him. Enhan- like, that's what Exactly. That's yeah. beautiful. But, like, I don't know. He's just... I don't like the relationship. And 
he's obviously very abusive. Mm. But they're also obviously not good for each other. They're ob- they're both going through something, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. kind of what I have. I feel about it. What about you? Like the way um, I saw it, I definitely saw it as like Nate wants wanted Maddie because he felt like she could like enhance him and feeling mm-hmm. masculine and powerful and all 100% that agree. because she has all of these like very feminine traits mm-hmm. you know like completely hairless that's something he notices and like all these like other just like very like girly girl traits he mentions that he likes that she's a virgin yeah like, and she's I mean, not she's, she's not she's not but like that's Maddie's business all right that's Maddie's <laughs> business virginity is a social construct anyway yeah so. she wants to say what she wants to say you know all right whatever but the thing I found most interesting was how the way that, uh, like, he thinks Maddie enhances her is, like, it's almost he's convincing himself that he's doing it for her, too. Yeah. Especially with the protection scenes where he's, like, he's, like, walking her home. He's doing all these, like, super chivalrous things. And then, like, he's talking about how he thinks about situations where Maddie could be in harm. And he was almost convincing himself that, like, oh, I don't like to think about it happening. I just like to think about it like beating the beating someone the fuck yes. up over it and it's like um uh, i don't think you want to beat someone up for her i think you, you just want to beat, beat someone her up yeah or you just want to beat someone up like you like, just he just wants a valid excuse to get his aggression out and he finds it through the binary of protecting a girl right and that's another one of those things that we kind of talked about on the last episode was that a lot of these characters don't have coping mechanisms and he mm. clearly has zero coping mechanisms other than working zero. out intensely which honestly isn't good for him. Isn't a coping. And that's about it. Yeah, sometimes football, but that's also just another form of beating people the fuck up. It's a form of beating people up, and it's also what he does to make his dad happy. Yeah. So it's like... And it fits in the binary. It fits in the binary, yeah. Uh, But yeah, like, all of these scenes where, like, he's imagining beating someone... And, like, this really sets up a scene for later stuff with Tyler, Mm -hmm. but it's like... It's so obvious. It was just so obvious to me that he didn't... It's not even about protecting Maddie. Because, like, mm-hmm. later on with the Tyler scenes where... Oh, well, actually, we'll get into that later. Yeah. But, like, he doesn't... He's not, like, checking up on Maddie. Uh-huh. He's not making sure she's okay. He's not, like, trying to, like, support her. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I'm going to beat this person the fuck up. Right. And then we're just going to continue on. So right. it's like, you just you just want to beat people up. Like, that's yeah. that's it. That, that's kind of how it is. Yeah, and it's he's not great. He's got issues. Therapy candidate number one is yeah. Nate Jacobs. I mean, they all need therapy, but Nate especially. Nate especially. Yeah. Jules has at least had therapy. Mm-hmm. Rue's at least on medication. He has nothing. Yeah. Um. So like, now that we have like, they set the whole entire Nate backstory up, mm-hmm. and like we get to this. Uh, I think we get to the first day of school where, uh-huh. like, Rue's sitting at the table and she sees Jules. And uh-huh. I thought this scene was kind of cute and wholesome. Yeah. And it's like they were both, I don't even think they both were nervous. She was talking about how she was really nervous for the first day of school, uh-huh. which would obviously make sense. Like, she just overdosed. Right. Like, everybody knows. She's probably feeling a lot of anxiety right now. But she said she was feeling fine. She's feeling a little better because she had her best friend there. Right. And, like... It's cute, but also it's, it's kind of not healthy. It's cute, not healthy at all. Like, you just met, like, a few days ago. She just met a few days ago. She says something like, I finally have a best friend. I'm like, you like, can't put okay. that much pressure on a person. Mm-hmm. And it's like she's, she's, well, I mean, she does this all the time, but she's basing her recovery on Jules, which is mm-hmm. not great, not 
I mean, completely problematic. Yeah. And also really not healthy for her. Yeah. And, like, it's it's fine to, like, rely... Not fine to, like, rely, but it's fine to lean on your friends sometimes for mm-hmm. support. But it's obvious that um, Rue is, like, not leaning on anything else for support. Mm-hmm. Because... And we can see this later on with, like, the class scene where, like, she's forced to tell a story and all that. Mm-hmm. But, like, obviously Rue has a lot of anxieties about the first day. And she's, like, right. really, really hyper aware of how people are like looking at her and stuff like that Uh and she's like all of her she's like basing all of her comfort off of her hanging out with jules and like her trying to like escape it through jules and like Mm -hmm. that's not healthy because she's not really facing anything at that point she's not really like acknowledging hey i you know i kind of went through traumatic shit and i'm nervous about the first day and that's normal like she's not acknowledging that right but yeah and there's also just, like, a funny scene where, like, there's this dude walking the hallway, and they're like, wait, you're alive? And I don't know. That just made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's kind of, like, the running joke at the beginning of the show is, like, everyone thought Rue was dead. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I can see that happening at, like, my old high school. Yeah. Someone goes to rehab, and everyone assumes they died, because... You just don't see them. They're like, oh, they don't exist. I could see, like, the Instagram posts that they'd yeah, make. Literally. They'd be like, I stood next to him three set steps away in choir and I never talked to him but I, I'm so glad he's gotten in there just in rehab. Yeah. It was like he comes back and I'm like, oh, I'm not dead. I'm still here. Right. Uh, literally. Um, but yeah. And then we kind of, we get Maddie and Cassie and BB talking uh-huh. and then they kind of were like, oh, like, didn't you like fuck like that Tyler guy? Then Maddie was like, why does everyone think we fucked? And then it goes into a really, really important scene where Maddie knows that everyone thinks they, like, had sex, like, mm-hmm. her and Tyler. So she texts Nate, like, oh, I blocked out. I was drunk. To, yeah. like, kind of, like, get any responsibility off of herself. And, and that's it's, like, kind of fucked up. Very, very fucked up because she's setting Tyler up to right. get beat the fuck up. Like. And she was like, I was blackout drunk, but her behavior shows that she was not blackout drunk. Yeah. And it's not like it's not like she's intentional. It's not like she knows Nate's going to do this stuff, but she at least probably knows that Nate's going to retaliate in some way. She's basically or do just trying to cover her ass so that he mm-hmm. doesn't react in some type of way. Yeah, that it's problematic. Her. Very problematic. Not cool, Maddie. Still love her, cool. but but also not cool that she felt like she had to do that mm-hmm. so that Nate wouldn't hurt her or her friends. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's a fucked up situation all around, and there's no good way out. But not one. Yeah, not one. Um. So yeah. And then like we get we have a little scene where like Cat and like Ethan meet, and that's cute. And then we yes. also and then we have like the scene where I don't know like what class Ruin is Rue is in. Like it's probably like theater. It's it like, looks like it's a class that. She probably shouldn't be in this. Yeah, it does not look like she's comfortable. Yeah. And the teacher says, okay, let's share a five minute story about our summer, like something we did. And uh-huh. she obviously, Rue is shrinking in on herself and does not want to share this story. And this bitch ass teacher is like, Rue, you're a first volunteer. And it's like, oh my, what, ugh, what did you think about that scene? Right. This scene pissed well, me off. first of all, it's just. I feel like it's just wrong on the teacher's part. And I feel like it happens all the time in Mm. the American public school system is that kids with, like, 
anxiety or other reasons that they don't want to do public speaking are forced to do it or they're for they get points taken off for stuttering and mm-hmm. things like that but why Literally. like why are we punishing kids it's not like public speaking is something that you necessarily have to do all the time mm-hmm. so why are we forcing it on them um i thought that scene i really appreciated the cinematography of that scene like it made it look like she was on a stage with like a spotlight and everything which is probably honestly how she felt Mm. And I felt like that was a reflection of how Rue felt and how she was uncomfortable and everything. And I felt like we really could feel the, like, the anxiety in that scene through the music and everything as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, yeah. I love this scene too. Um, and like, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah, so like I, like, I really like this scene too because not only did it show like Rue like, obviously like having a lot of anxiety around this and like the teacher just being like really unnecessarily mean and picking her but also like when we later see her actually trying to tell the story Mm -hmm. and like she's like she's obviously she's struggling to get the to get it out and to like pick a moment where it's like she's trying to pick a moment that actually happened but she's not trying to like expose herself that like yeah i went to rehab and i got i was overdosed so she picks like the car scene where like her and her mom and Gia are like laughing in the car after like they just picked her up from rehab and like all of these things and and there's like so many the way they shot this scene is so beautiful because it's like it shows like a really high high Uh like her like laughing dancing with her sisters or whatever Uh with her sister and mom and then like a couple with like jewels and then it also shows some really low lows where like she's like getting high like overdosed and Gia's finding she is like finding that. her. She's screaming at her mom. Like, there's the, the scene oh, where, like, scene. Oh. yeah, where, like, she throws, like, the picture and she's holding up a piece of glass to her mom. And it's, like, getting super violent. Yeah. It's super scary. And all my, Zendaya is an actor an in this actor. scene. Oh, sure. my God. Deserve that, I mean. She really fully, did. Fully. Fully. Yeah. Um, but that scene, oh, my God. Just, like, I think it, it captured, like, not only her anxiety, but, like, also, like, I don't know if they were trying to do this. But it showed, like, I felt like they were, like, hinting at, like, her bipolar disorder. Yes. Because it was showing a lot of high highs and a lot of low lows and, like, how, like, almost draining it felt for her. Yes, for sure. I definitely would agree with that. And I also, uh, I think the, another way that they really uh, helped do that is, like, with the colors they used and, like, the Mm. use of light. And I think that's important to consider because that makes us feel a certain type of way when we're watching something. So, like, in, uh, where the, it's, it's Fly Me to the Moon that they're singing, right? Mm-hmm. So. It's, like, yeah. it's someone else's version, not It's the, someone else's version. Yeah, but, it's, but okay. it's good. Yeah. And so, they're having a grand old time. The light is, like, peeking through. It's very relaxing and beautiful feeling. And then, there's, uh, the, like, in the scene where the picture frame and the glass, it's very dark. Her house in general is very dark like mm-hmm. all like the woods very dark it's just a dark place which yeah. probably means something yeah almost but, all of the houses are i realized yeah. which i think is probably says a lot but yeah yeah and so yeah so i guess what i'm trying to say is that uh those scenes i feel like the the color schemes and the lighting techniques also work really well to show her bipolar disorder and i think that's a really good point i hadn't really considered how this scene specifically showed that but it definitely does especially the scene with the picture frame 
like, I don't know, that one stands out to me for some reason. Mm-hmm. Just because it kind of scares you. And, like, it's it's honestly, to me, the first time I see, oh, like, she really has a problem other than just the addiction. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she is not coping well. And mm-hmm. so, I don't know. Because, like, even though, like, even though, um, like, drugs will, like, you know, be able to, like, impact your behavior and stuff like that, it's obvious, like, the way that she's, like, reacting in this Mm -hmm. uh, fight scene with Leslie is, like, it's not, it's not just, it's not just drugs. It's not, like, all that. It's, like, obviously a lot of, like, pent-up emotions and stuff that she's going through right now. And, like, I really hate when people, like, will, like, say, like, drug addicts are, like, acting out just because of drugs mm-hmm. when it's, like, obviously something else. For sure, And yeah. I think they, like, really, like, capture out in the scene. Like, Rue's just, like, going through shit. And and also Gia's reaction in this scene is... Yeah, Gia. Gia. Mm-hmm. Okay, but she's, she spoke facts. But it's mm-hmm. also, like, I feel like it's one of the first times she starts realizing she can't really trust her sister as much as she wants to. Mm. And, because I can just definitely see it in her face. Like, the way she is acting is very beautiful, and I really enjoy that part. Yeah. Too. She's like, yeah. She's oh, like, can't you see you. that she's not well or something like that? And mm. it's like, yeah. 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 Ugh, yeah. I love her. Me too. Um, but yeah, so we get, um, so like, Rue at that point mm-hmm. is like, okay, I'm, I'm done with this. And she walks out of the classroom and Leslie before, or not Leslie, uh, Lexi before, uh-huh. had kind of, like, called out these, like, mean girls who were, like, saying, like, oh, her brain's yeah. fried, that's why. And so she runs out after Rue, and Rue's in the bathroom trying to get high. Right. She's, like, crushed up these pills, and she's about to snort it. But then, like, Lexi knocks the door, and Rue, I think she thinks it's a teacher or something yeah. like that. So she's, like, getting rid of it, and she opens it, and she sees it's just Lexi, not a teacher. So she's pissed right. as fuck she is and yeah. it's this is the scene that i was kind of talking about in the last episode where she kind of it's a transactional kind of thing mm. with her and she's very disappointed that lexi is the reason that she had to throw her drugs away and she doesn't see that lexi came to help her mm-hmm. and she doesn't understand that the whole reason lexi came was for her she only sees it as inconvenience in her. Mm. And that's something that I think is noticeable in her behaviors. It's like, that's not okay. Yeah. Lexi wants the best for you. She's trying to help you. She wasn't intentionally getting you to throw the drugs away. Mm-hmm. Yet she gets really angry with her. Yeah. She just kind of like, she says some really like mean things about where Lexi says like, oh, like, you're like my best friend and then Rue's like we're not best friends just cause we fucking went to preschool together right. and stuff like that and like Rue does Rue says some things where she's like you think you can give me advice you think you can help me and like it's it's so mean the way she's it's saying so it mean. but also it's like kinda true like it Lexi true. like at this they, they are com- at two different points in life mm-hmm. and they're not going to be able to help each other but like also they don't have to like Rue does not have to close herself off to Lexi she when doesn't. she isn't. Yeah. And like she can still open herself up to her. Yeah. She can still like accept her kindness mm-hmm. and like try to be a good friend and stuff like that. Exactly. But she feels like she can't because she's like if she feels like she's isolated right now, right. basically. But, yeah. I think that's really important to consider. Uh, she is constantly isolating herself while also making herself get closer and closer to Jules, which eventually isolates her even more yeah so it's 
Uh, she's not practicing any type of healthy behavior. Yeah, no coping mechanisms no in sight. No coping mechanisms. Well, no, no good ones, at least. Support system. Literally. But she also doesn't want one. And yeah. I feel like that's something important to consider is she's not trying to get better. Mm-hmm. And she admitted that in the first episode. I had no intention of getting clean. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. It's just really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It's like, if she could, if Rue could, like, just, like, live her life and take drugs without hurting anybody around her, she would do that so quickly. Yeah. And, like, I think that's, that's, that's the one thing she's struggling with. Because it's not yeah. like... Even at the end of the scene, I think she feels, like, a little guilty about going off on Lexi. Not that guilty, because, like, she's still in the wrong. But, I don't know. Interesting. This is, like, a really interesting, like, sad scene. But, yeah. Um, so after this, we have, like, the first small scene of Nate stalking Tyler. Uh Uh-huh. And it, it only goes into a little bit, but it goes into, like, him, like, watching him from his car. Yeah. And, like, this is how, like, they start introducing how, like, Nate's gonna do some really fucked up shit. Yep, indeed. And it's not, it's not something that, it's like the first time you watch it, you don't necessarily realize what's going on, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And it's important to understand that part. Yeah. Uh, I thought something that was interesting that comes up like soon after that is like, uh, it talks about how she, uh, like, uh, like the first time she got high when she was like with her dad and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of soon after that part. So mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. That was just a sad scene, but it's also, it felt so normal, I mm-hmm. guess. Because it really was just a normal day for her, and she chose to do that. Yeah. But. And I also think it's really, it's really important that, like, it showed that, like, at this point, Rue was, like, being the caregiver at this point. Because mm-hmm. I think, like, throughout the show, it always shows people taking care of Rue, or, like, trying to take mm-hmm. care of Rue. But, like, at some point when Rue is 13, which is... Like a baby, as yes, a baby, as a kid, for sure. she's taking care of her like dying father because her mm-hmm. mom has to work like two jobs to pay for medical bills because right. that's America. Um, but like, and it shows that like that's so much pressure and so mm-hmm. much heartbreak for a thirteen-year-old. Like, of course she's gonna do something to try to numb that, and like, she took her dad's pills, and like they're both fucked up, so they can't even notice. And it's almost like she's still bonding with her dad, even though she's fucked up. Right. And yeah. Yeah. It's honestly, it, the way it's shot makes it seem kind of like a heartfelt scene at the end mm-hmm. until you realize that was kind of the beginning of the end of yeah. her going onto this journey of being an addict and mm-hmm. doing more and more drugs to feel the same high. Yeah. It shows that, like, Rue never took drugs just for the heck of it. Like, she's not... She never did. She's not reckless in that type of way. And she didn't do it recreationally. She yeah. did it to cope to cope yeah and she's gone through a lot of hardship too so mm-hmm. we also get introduced to ali in this scene yes stone cold crackhead yep. i love that man um yeah so he's gonna come in later in yeah. like the not this episode i think next episode yes but so we can talk more about him later but we can't but Ali's one cool. thing i did see like on twitter there was they were doing shooting in like a diner yeah and yeah. so that means he's <laughs> probably in the second season. Yeah, because Ali and Pancakes are, like, a thing. Yes. They just come together. And if I don't see more Ali in the second season, right. I will write a very strongly worded letter. Yes, and as you should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love Ali, yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, I think we get into... 
Well, there's a small scene where Jules is like watching anime and mm-hmm. she matches with Shy Guy 118, which is that'll that'll come up later. That'll come up later. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. It's important. Yeah. Which you've probably already watched, it, so you know what's happening. Yeah, yeah. But like, <laughs> just a little fun. Mm-hmm. Also, um, the name Shy Guy just irks me for some reason because he's like. It's not even original. It's, it's so not basic. original, and I'm just like, it just sounds like a boy that's like. Yeah, a little, like, Debbie Ryan smirk. Yeah, the little Debbie Ryan thing. The, it's just, like, I'm not like other boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's God. Shut I hate that up. name. <laughs> it's, it's cringe. It's cringe as fuck, actually. Right, for sure. Um, so, yeah. Oh, did we talk about... Okay, I kind of talk about the scene, too. Mm-hmm. Did we talk about where uh, Rue is like, hey, can you sign these papers for me to the mm-hmm. NA guy yeah. at the table? And he's like, oh, that's I won't cross that line morally. Yes. Okay. And he's like, okay. That part. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what if I suck your dick? And he's like, right now? And then she's like, I'm 17, you fucking pervert. Sign the slip. This is like power move, honestly. Right. It's not, I mean, it's not good. because It's not she's, good, but it's. she did that. I mean, yeah, he's kind of a creep, so you know what? Do what you gotta fucking do, because... But also, she should have been at those meetings. Yeah, you should have been at those meetings, 100%. But that guy should not be ex- taking sexual, like, favors from a 17-year-old. Right. So, if you gotta... You know what? Power you know what? Real. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, so we get into cat a cat storyline real yes, quick. Yes, for sure. So, cat storyline... There's a sex tape made about her, mm-hmm. which is problematic because the show mentions she's 16. Yeah, some and she did not know it was being recorded. She didn't know it was being recorded. It was also her first time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's three things Trouble off the Trouble whammy. Yeah. yeah. It would be enough if she was just 16, but, like, it's just really bad. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, everyone at school assumes it's her mm. because they think it looks like her. Yeah. And it pretty much says it's her even though she like denies 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 Denies, it everyone's like no it's it's her they're like yeah whatever right and it luckily she kind of figures things out and works it Mm -hmm. out but then she kind of makes it a thing yeah but that's later that's pretty much like her episode but Mm -hmm. like yeah so that video going around first of all fuck that guy fuck Wes guy he's like a little like Rat face, rat face. Bag. I'm sorry to the actor, but yeah, I'm sure you look better not playing him. Yeah, like, I'm sure I'd find you more attractive if you weren't like an asshole. <laughs> like the Probably. matted hair just did it for me. I was like, no, cute mustache. Anyways, we're getting too much into this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, hate that, and it's just. But also, those kind of things happen at high schools all the time. Mm. I mean, we saw it happen with Maddie. So we, we don't know what kind of websites Maddie's... Not Maddie. Cassie. Cassie. Yeah. Don't know why I said Maddie. Cassie's sex tape got out there. So it's like... Mm, why are these things happening? And also, I'm pretty sure that other guy was also a minor. Mm-hmm. If not, he Literally. was at least only 18. Yeah, and he was I'm, in high school for sure. He was in high school. He went to the Catholic high school in town, they said. Yeah. So it's like... First of all, that's kind of a huge oversight in Pornhub, which, honestly... They don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. At all. Pornhub's they, problematic as fuck. They're so problematic. But, like, it's just, ugh. Yeah. And 
the way she like so like we first see her like having like so many anxieties about this which is like obviously the initial reaction that like like anybody would have but she also bounces back very quickly which is like honestly kudos to Kat for like scheming up a plan so Mm -hmm. quick and like cornering I don't know if it was Roy or Troy it's one of them one of those one of them (laughs) but he, she like has this whole entire plan where she's like, you gotta, you better delete the video, delete it off everyone's phone, right. like tell everyone it's not me or I'm putting y'all to the cops, basically. Yeah. And it's like, she she like comes out of this kind of on top because like they end up doing all the work for her. They end up like saying like, oh yeah, it's not Cat, that was some other girl, and everyone believes at that point. Yeah. Even they're like the popular freshmen. So yeah, popular freshmen. God, is that a thing? <laughs> I just, uh, my Roy and Troy just irritate me. They they're irritate just, me so much. Yeah, they're just so. I mean, I just know so many Roy and Troy. Watch the second season of Euphoria. Be have a Roy and Troy episode. Yeah, I'm gonna scream if it does. I'm gonna be like, why is this here? Um, I'm gonna yeah. have to do something after like two years. Yeah. I mean, Maybe. I posted this on my Twitter, but imagine how old Ashley's gonna look. Like, oh my I god! Like Ashtray's gonna be in. What is he? He's gotta be in like middle school now. He's gonna be a freshman too. Yeah. Are they gonna do a time jump? I don't know. I, I hope they might. don't. I hope they don't. But like him for sure, because he's only like fourteen. That's true. Yeah, they might have to. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Yeah, we're getting we're getting too we're deep getting into too this. Deep. <laughs> but yeah, um, she even gets called into the principal's office, mm-hmm. and she like runs laps around this man. Right. Where she's like. Why would you think it was me? Did you think it was me because it was a fat girl? This is like, yeah. this shows how far body terrorism goes in the United States. And I'm like, yes, cat. Yes, cat. Uh, but also, I don't know. Would it have been better? It probably wouldn't have been if she had like tried to get that video removed. I don't know if she would have been able to do it. I don't. I don't, I don't really think trust so. most school administrations, and this school seems like most of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I it don't... would really depend. I would like to believe that there are schools out there that would help her mm-hmm. but honestly kids go to the administration all the time and the time. nothing happens literally i like especially for things they can blame on the student they're like oh well you shouldn't have been in that situation um she didn't ask to be reported literally yeah like i just i wouldn't trust public school administrations enough to like actually care for their female students mm-hmm. in that way and i think i think kat obviously knows that because, yeah. like, it obviously happened to Cassie, and, like, even though Cassie probably didn't go to school administration, she probably, like, you know, like, expressed concern to, like, one of mm-hmm. her friends or something, and obviously nothing happened with it. Right. Like, nothing happened, and that happens to, like, just, like, so many, like, female students, like, right. at school, so, like, of course, Kat is, like, going to know. Yeah. They're not going to be on her side, so she's got to do her own work. Everyone always likes to turn on women in their most vulnerable moments, and it's mm-hmm. not great. Yeah. It's a trend. It's, in... it's a trend. It's a historical reoccurrence. It's mm-hmm. everything. Everything. Um, yeah. So, like, we have this little weird football scene that happens in the cafeteria, and it's just very high school, public school energy. Yep. I'm like, okay. Every- um very like toxic masculinity energy too for sure because the way the football players are acting but yeah um so we get into the scene after where rue and jules are like biking home or they're biking Mm -hmm. somewhere yeah and they're like biking through an orchard 
orchard orchard is I that think it's orchard. okay <laughs> and it's just like it's just a really really pretty scene yes the lighting is like um i don't i don't know like the term it's just it's, it's soft warm. yeah it's warm yeah, yeah yeah it's a really soft warm scene and they're like racing each other and they get to the end and then like rue's like hey do you want to like go to like dinner with like me and my mom like at our house today and like she was like oh sorry i can't um i have to go to like dinner with my dad and like she's like okay what about later and she's like oh, i'm gonna do homework and then she's like okay what about sunday because my mom's asking and it's and then she's like jules says this thing was like oh are you talking to your mama about me and it's like just very very like cute and like innocent scene right. almost and i think it was it really um what is it it's like really different from like all the other scenes in the yeah. show. It's like innocent. not even it's not in innocent, the series. but it's like it just it's feels sweet. Sweet, yeah. Yeah. And it's like you don't get like a lot of it seems like it just shows just like a very innocent well not innocent, but like sweet high school crush type For of sure. thing. And I just I really like the energy in this scene and like how it like contrasted with like all of the dark shit happening in the rest of the Literally episode. Every other scene. Every other tips. scene in the like in the series. And it's just like, I don't know. thought it was very sweet, very it was cute. Sweet. Yeah. But it also kind of foreshadows a little bit, if you think about it, because she's dodging plans with Rue, mm-hmm. and that happens in the future. Yeah. So it's like, maybe she's not necessarily trying to dodge plans. Like, she probably actually has homework and actually has to go with her dad. But mm-hmm. it's like, actually, doesn't she just go talk to Shy Guy? Uh, I don't know. She No, she does go to the, there was There's dinner scene with her dad. Okay. Um, and then I don't think, oh, some stuff happens with Rue later mm-hmm. that, like, so it doesn't show, like, Jules' night, mm-hmm. but it does end up showing Jules coming to help Rue later yeah. on in the episode. So I don't know. We don't know if she was doing homework. We, we know. do know she was doing, she was at dinner with her dad, yeah. though. So, yeah. I don't know if she was trying to, she's obviously not, like, pushing to, um, like spend time with Rue at this point for sure but she's not trying to like avoid her at either I so I think so. I think this is just one of those like casual like okay I got, I'm kind of busy today yeah. but yeah and like oh and I feel kind of bad for Rue at the end because she's like oh my god I'm such a loser and it just shows again very sweet like um like basic high school crush type yeah. of feeling where you're like oh I can't believe I said I that hate but high school crushes I'm yeah glad I'm out of it, they're but, stupid like, <laughs> I'm still a teenager so yeah. Technically, probably could still have one. Yeah, this is very teenage lovey type teenage of stuff. Teenage lovey for like five seconds. For five seconds. Then it goes to shit, as right. always. That's just euphoria. That's just euphoria. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, we also get into McKay and Cassie. Yes. Which shows a lot of like dynamics about their relationship coming forward you yeah, want to talk about sure. that a little or yeah so like it's very they honestly as we've seen from like the first episode their dynamics they just lack a lot of communication mm. and that's honestly one of their biggest problems throughout whether it's when she wants to visit him at college or when she doesn't understand why he's not coming home or things like that it's like where's the communication mm-hmm. like maybe you should travel or have someone drive you or whatever and so i don't know i'm not i don't remember exactly what was happening what scene you're talking about but the just their dynamic is way off messy yeah it's messy and it's honestly just like a sloppy high school relationship kind of thing Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, their like, relationship is the one where I was like, this is like, not like best as in like you want to be like this, but best as in the most accurate like representation of high school relationships. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I feel like all the relationships do mm-hmm. exist in high school. Yeah. Like this there one are I just, Nate and Maddie's, but like. Yeah, I just see this one I see, the most. <laughs> yeah, I see them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like at this scene, like they're like kind of, uh, McKay's like there to like either pick up or hang out with Cassie or whatever, uh-huh. and he's talking to her mom for a while. Yes. Okay. No, and her, no, yeah. yeah, her mom says some stuff that kind of puts McKay like a little nervous. Uh-huh. I think she says something where it's like, oh, you know, her heart. She's like, it's hard to catch her attention or something like that. Like yeah. she's like me, and it's like. You know, you kind of see McKay, like, kind of getting nervous. Right, because it's like, he's already insecure that she doesn't like him, and that mm-hmm. he's not going to be enough for her. And, and her like, how everyone that. else is seeing him, like, or, like, um, how, like, everyone else sees, like, Cassie as, like, a yeah. slut, so he's like, oh my god, do people think my girlfriend's a slut, and, like, all of that stuff. Right. Yeah. And, like, it's just not... Uh, it's just not healthy. It's not healthy. And the thing that pissed me off is that, like, I think they, like, would could be okay for each other if they talked to each other if more. they talked. If they had if communication. They, yeah. Where's the open line of communication? Yeah. Because it's not like, like, but Kay can be, like, a douche sometimes, but it's not like he's, like, a bad person. I don't think he's a bad person either. Yeah. I think he's short-sighted, maybe. Yeah. I don't think he... He just falls to a lot of peer pressure. Lots and like, of peer pressure. Like, the fact that he even threw that party at all... He, well, he obviously didn't want he to, yeah. obviously didn't want to. He's not even in high school. Why would he want to spend time with these yeah. high school people? Literally. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I guess we're not all McKay, but... <laughs> we're not all McKay, but he did not want to do that party. It yeah. Was obvious from the, the scene where they were at, like, the... Is it a liquor store or, like, a gas station where Ashtray... Um, I think they own, like, a gas station liquor okay. store thing. I think it's, yeah, like, both. I think it's, like, both. Entrepreneurs, really. <laughs> honestly, and then, the, I love all the little business things they do. Yeah. I think there's only, like, one other one, but it's, like, so The pretzels? Funny. The pretzels. Yeah. I love the pretzels. That's not for a bit, but, like, yeah. I was, like, honestly, iconic. They're so, they're, I, I hate when, like, people try to, like, not appreciate what Fez and Ashtray do because that is like full-on entrepreneurship it is right entrepreneurship. there it is innovative it's, it's everything it's everything <laughs> I don't think I don't... Cal's dad wishes he had the business right Fez. what are yeah. you doing with your chili stand when we can have these pretzels and make mm. lots of money yeah and with Molly <laughs> but that. yeah oh wait where were we at <laughs> uh we were talking about McKay and Cassie. Yeah, okay, 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 all right. And, like, I don't know. I kind of want to do, like, if we keep doing, like, Euphoria stuff, even after we run out of episodes, just talking about each person's relationship throughout the season and, like, how it develops. Ooh, yeah. But theirs. And I think that's something that I think some people would be interested. Probably not a lot of people. But, like, um, theirs, it seems like it goes really fast. And it like never calms down mm. whereas like other relationships in the show are like I'm doing like a up and down motion yeah like a wave thing since podcasting is an audio medium yeah <laughs> so uh yeah it just seems like it's very 
it's not stable. I don't want you to think I'm saying that, but it's stable in the level of intensity that mm-hmm. it is. It seems like there's always something coming up. And it doesn't seem like they have a lot of time to just be a couple. And I think it's probably because they're both very insecure about how they're going to compare to their partner. Mm -hmm. Because they're not talking about their wants, needs, desires, feelings, boundaries, anything. Yeah. It's like, it's almost as if they're like, they're like two people playing couple. Yes. Like, they're not even really into it. Which, like... And it's like, not like they're not into each other. Because, like, they do like each they're other. They're probably physically attracted yeah, to each other. Yeah, I'm like... They enjoy hanging out with each other at some minimum level. But they never but like, seem to, like... Yeah. Connect. Emotionally, at Emotionally, least. right. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to think. Because, honestly, how many high school relationships are like that? Mm-hmm. Especially in places, like, where there's... 100, 200 people in your class and, like, everyone's dated the same people. Yeah, you don't a have lot a lot of people of are playing the part of couple. Yeah. And, like, that also reminds me, like, I saw this one thing where, like, with relationships, there's, like, three forms of attraction. Uh-huh. There's, like, mental attraction. Uh-huh. Um, or, like, not mental. Like, like mental as in, like, intellectual attraction. Okay, for sure. And then physical attraction and emotional attraction. And it's, like... It's like McKay and Cassie obviously have physical attraction. Uh-huh. They like hint at intellectual attraction a little bit because like they do enjoy spending time with each uh-huh. other, but like emotional attraction or at least emotional like vulnerability, like no, not a they not there. Been vulnerable at all? At all. Uh, and like Cassie's tried. At Cassie's least, tried. McKay is just not at that level yet. Not at the level. He's caught up in his head. Okay, one thing. Explain, like, intellectual attraction, though, a little bit. Like, intellectual attraction is, like, you're able to have, like, conversations with each other. Okay, gotcha. Where, like, both of you guys are entertained. And, like, okay, gotcha. Disabled, so like, stuff like, like that. Active listening or, like, mm-hmm. oh, I find it cool that you're into this kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I've actually never heard of that in my life. Yeah. So it's cool. really, It's really interesting when you look at, like, all the couples on, like, Euphoria because yeah. it's, like... All of them are, like, have a, some, like, mismatch, like, yeah, form of that. Yeah, honestly, we could analyze every single couple. Yeah. Or even friendship <laughs> in could. this show. And talk about their attraction or their relationship with each other. Because yeah. that's a thing. Like, I think that's what makes all of these so bad. Mm. Like, Nate and Maddie. Lots of physical attraction. They never really talk about things they're interested in, though. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so we get to the scene where Maddie gets dropped off at her house by Nate, mm-hmm. and Nate's like, yo, let me, can I take you out on a date? And she's like, maybe, kind of. Kind of blows him off, but, like, is kind of saying yes, too. Um, I which think she, we, like, we can get into. half-heartedly agrees to plan. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, she's it's almost like. like we'll, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, like, that kind of sets the stage for, like, some more uh, scenes later on. For sure. And then we have Jules and her dad at dinner, and she's texting Shy Guy, and they're getting um, to, like, some, like, emotional conversations right. at this point. And, like, they just started texting, too. So uh-huh. I think that's important to, like, yeah. point out. They're moving kind of fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does happen a lot. I hate to bring, like, everything to, like, the queer community, but that is, like, a stereotype, like... Jules, as a trans woman, unfortunately does have a harder time finding people that she's attracted to. Mm. And it does happen a lot, especially since she found 
this person on like a grinder type site mm -hmm. like it happens it happened it's happened to me a lot but not recently because i really don't care mm. but like a lot of my queer friends are like yeah i just it's like the whole u-haul lesbian thing it's yeah like, we're gonna move in after two weeks it's kind of that with them except yeah hella messed up and entirely fake yeah i feel like this is kind of getting on to like later in the series but like jewels in general i think falls in love very quickly oh for sure and it's not even falls in love but she falls into like obsession i don't even know if it's obsession yeah. like what is it it's a little bit of a sub obsession but it's just like she's like smitten yeah like she's smitten very quickly for people the little smile hunter schaefer does yeah ah oh, it's uh, so captures cute captures <laughs> exactly but yeah right. we see that like definitely in like towards the end of the season when she goes back to her friend and then mm -hmm. uh and meets the roommate and everything which will not spoil yeah. too much and then honestly with rue too yeah even though she's hesitant with rue she yeah. does i don't well actually i don't know if she falls in love with rue quickly i don't think she falls in love with her but like I guess you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. And I think that's kind of what made it doomed from the start, is yeah. that when Jules likes someone, she knows she likes someone. Yeah, and I don't think she knew if she liked Rue yet. Yeah. It's almost like... Hunter Schaefer actually talked about this a yeah. little bit at the end of her episode, which we can get into like the later episode, but I'll just talk about it a little bit, where she's talking about how, like, how Jules' affection with other like toxic men... Mm -hmm who like she's like going on like dates and like hookups with uh -huh. is like it's 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 still affection it's, but it's like a toxic type of affection some, yeah yes, that, that like part. it hurts her and it's like it's almost a form of self-harm like, it really is it. and i think that's something people discredit when they hear that someone is sexually active or like quote-unquote promiscuous and everything but like in the case of jules what does she want? She wants the affection. She mm -hmm. wants... She wants affirmation. Affirmation, attention, all things that not only do all teenagers want, but all people want. Mm. And she's not able to get this in her current state. So what is she doing? She's filling these kind of voids and everything. Literally. And I think... I think some people would be quick to judge Jules for her behaviors, but... The need for affection can cloud a lot of judgment. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely a situation I've been in and a lot of my friends have been in. And it makes us do things that we might not normally ever even think of doing. Mm -hmm. Because it's hard to find love or attention elsewhere. Literally, yeah. And like, yeah. She's like, just like, she's always in a search of affection. And yeah. like, Which is, affirmation. Yeah. And like, also, Hunter Schaefer goes into like how that type of affection is very different from the affection she gets from Rue because mm -hmm. even though even though the relationship is not healthy at all because of like you know codependency and like both of them are just really in fucked up situations and are not good for each other at that moment but like it's she like she talks about how Jules is almost like scared to like transition into a more healthy form of affection with Rue definitely. and I think I definitely think that has to do with why she's way more hesitant to oh, yeah, committing to sure. Rue than she is to committing to like all of these other like random, random people right. yeah 
Uh, yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I actually need to go back and watch all of those little interviews because I started watching them when I first watched the show, but then I was mm-hmm. just like, next episode, next episode. Yeah, really you get like you like little interviews. Yeah, because oh, they're so they're so good, especially like I watched the Hunter Schaefer one like a long time ago. Mm. Loved it, but I need to watch that again because honestly, love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's such an interesting dynamic with, like... For sure. ...her relationship. Um, but, yeah. Okay, so we get... After the whole entire... Um, after, like, all of these scenes, we have Rue biking to Fez's. Uh-huh. And it's, like, raining, and she's soaked. And she just, like... Oh, she's way too comfortable with Fez, obviously. It just, 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 just shows that, like, obviously they're super close. Yeah. Because she's, like, barging in this house. She's like, yo, I need some socks. Also, I need drugs. So... Which... <laughs> to be honest, is why we need a Fez episode. Yeah. <laughs> because I want to know how they got so close. Like, mm-hmm. I, to be honest, I feel like his age is a little ambiguous. He could be way older than her. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's, like, way older, but he could be, like, out of high school. He could have dropped out of high school. Yeah. He could be... I, don't, I think he's, person. like... He's He's definitely older, but he's, He's like, got... At least got to be, like, 20, I think. I think he's graduated, but I want to know how they became friends. Yeah. Either the thing that, is, though, or they didn't really become friends, and Rue just was like attached. Yeah, like, she I actually, I actually know like two people whose relationship is a lot like Rue and Fez. Yeah, and like I don't know, like people like people think that like you don't like talk and hang out with your plug, but like when you really do talk and hang out with your plug, yeah. you get close pretty quick. And I like I I feel like that's what happened because like with like. The thing I was talking about before with, like, mm-hmm. intellectual, uh, emotional, and physical attraction, it, like, also applies to friendships. Oh, yeah. And I, I Rue and Fez definitely have an intellectual, like, oh, yeah. connection. Because, like, like they're, they're able to talk to each other. They, like, bounce mm-hmm. off each other really well. Um, but, yeah. I think their relationship is kind of is interesting, too. Because, it's like, interesting. I, yeah. And, honestly, I have mad respect for Fez, though. Mad respect. Bullshit. Because uh, in this scene especially, Rue is putting him through some bullshit. Because Fez is like, yo, I'm about to have some guys pull up. Like, I need you to get out. Uh-huh. And Rue's like, mm, no, I don't think so. Just yeah. give me my drugs and my socks <laughs> and I'll go. But, like, he's, like, being so serious right now. He doesn't want to give her drugs because, like, he's, like, at, at this point, once she- she OD'd I think he's he's definitely like saying like I don't want to support Kiss anymore he's kind of removed himself from like the plug and more of a friend Mm -hmm. um but yeah but the guy calls he's pulling up and Fez is pissed as fuck at Rue and he's like you need to sit here calm down and like don't move and then he like pulls out a gun because like just in case shit happens with this guy and then that's when Rue starts to get nervous and then it's just like the way Rue was behaving in this, first of all, very manic, mm. which kind of shows like that whole thing. But also, she just wasn't listening. Yeah, like, he tried not to tell her so many times, and I'm like, Rue, just yeah. leave. Mm-hmm. But I think she just she was very one track minded. She was one track minded, which is something that when people are manic do a lot. So it's like maybe she wasn't taking anything seriously in that mm. moment, and then automatically she had to. Yeah. And that scene especially, I think, I think it's a low moment for Rue. Mm-hmm. And I, it's definitely a very scary moment. It's a very scary moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't like Mouse. Yeah. Mouse. There's like, 
there's some scenes in between it, but do you want to uh-huh. just, like, talk about this and then yeah, maybe let's go talk back? About that. Yeah, because this scene is, like, uh, this scene is freaky. Yes. Um, not, not freaky, but, like, very anxiety. Lots of anxiety yes. in this scene. Um, so the thing with the mouse scene is that he not only, one, forces Rudy to take fentanyl at this time, but, like, he also implies that, because once Ruth takes the fentanyl and passes out from it, he also implies that, like, Rue needs to pay for this, and if she can't pay for it in money, she's going to pay for it in sex. Like, yeah. she's, like, implying that, like, he's going to rape her. And that's... Yeah. And, like, first of all, she doesn't have money. Yeah, she's she has not... $2. She has $2. <laughs> and then, like, doesn't Fez... He says something, like, he tries to pay for it to get him to leave. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, charges him more. Yeah. And, like... And he's $600. Good guy. God, he's so fucked up. So fucked up. And I'm like... And not to mention, Rue is 17 Mm. in this situation. Yeah. And she also... Like, I can't imagine how scared she must be. Mm Mm-hmm. And also how scared Fez must be, because he was obviously really scared for Mouse coming over anyway. Yeah. Fez was nervous. He was, like, kind of, like, hinting, like, the gun, like, pointing Mm -hmm. out. Like, he was... He was ready to shoot someone for real. He was, but honestly... I don't know what would have happened if he had tried. Because Mouse had, like, two other people. Mouse would have fucking loved. Yeah, and that would have been worse. But, like, the fact that that could have happened... Yeah, very scary scene. I think he, like, gets, like, some Narcan just in case she overdoses. Yeah. Because also, the other thing that's super scary about this, this is the first time Ruth had fentanyl. Yes. She's about to get hooked. Yeah. And, like, I think they're going to get more into it in season two because they don't talk yeah. a lot about it again in season yeah. one. And she also but, had, yeah. like, a fairly large dose for yeah. her first time. Very scary. And, like, I don't know too much about this drug, but it's, like, they talked about how it was a big dose. Fentanyl like, is extremely dangerous. Yes. Like, and addictive. That's and what almost, like, all people, like, overdose, most overdoses happen from, like, fentanyl. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something to consider. Um, and yeah. Especially with how desperate she is when she tries to go back to Fez's house in a later episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So let's talk about this other scene uh-huh. with Nate yeah. and Tyler. Because, ooh. Ooh, This baby. is... Um, first of yeah. all, the first time I saw this scene, I actually hadn't seen the episode yet. Mm. So it was like a clip on Twitter or something. And I didn't know what was going to happen because it cut off, like, right as Nate was, like, putting the guy on his knees. And I was like, oh... And then it went a completely yes! different way. I want to talk about that going. actually. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, let's talk about so, that. So like, um, so yeah, like before that, like Nate sneaks in the house, yeah. gives him all a little creepy monologue about, yeah. oh, you raped my girlfriend. Honestly, and... very film noir. Very, like, very yeah. Like swivel the chair kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and the way that he like says it, and he's like, get on your knees, and like uh-huh. all that. It's obviously that like. I don't know if it was obvious, but I think they were trying to imply oh, that there's yeah. like a like a sexual like this to this. It was it was kind of like he was getting off on it. He yeah, he I definitely think like was. like he was definitely getting off. And but it's like just, the fact that they cut that off, I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Rapes, like, is he about to yeah. sexually assault this guy? Yeah. And then he does it. Yeah, and, and it's I was like. like the way that it happens, I, I, at first, I didn't really think about, like, the immediate switch to him just beating the fuck out of him. Uh-huh. But, like, now that I rewatched it, I'm, like, thinking, like, 
this is obviously implying that there was like a sexualness to it when you yes. asked him to get onto his knees. But it's like it's like he's getting off from the violence. Like it's like as if like violence mm-hmm. and like the way that he's like brutalizing like yeah. Tyler is the same type of pleasure he gets from sex. And if you at think- least sex from like women who he doesn't view right. as people. Right. And if you think about it, what was his f- first exposure to sex? Was his dad being very violent to mm. women and young men and things like that? So it's like that's really was his first exposure yeah. and they i saw something about how like most people's kinks and everything stem from some sort of trauma and it's like a way to gain back that control and this is like that but on overdrive yeah he's like which also we're also getting a lot of this just from like implications mm-hmm. we don't really know that he's getting off on this but like this power yeah, complex that, that he has at least yeah i was like what's about to happen yeah. right now and also, I didn't like, think it was going to be good either way because yeah. obviously it wouldn't be consensual. Obviously, there was a power structure there that was not in Tyler's control. Mm. And it really could have gone either way and then he beats the fuck out of him. Yeah. And, like, even, like, a little thing, like, I've noticed, like, throughout the series, every time Nate has sex, mm-hmm. he takes, like, a shower after. Oh, yes. And so does his dad, which is, like... Oh, my God. Yeah, it's weird. It's that is so, so weird. weird. And after he beats... Tyler the fuck up I mean obviously like I think it's implying that he has like blood on him and like right. shit like that That's but like also he takes a shower so and it's almost as if he's getting that like same pleasure from sex exactly I don't know big brain moment like whoa right <laughs> um, I don't know about that but, <laughs> but yeah. I think I think it's I th- it's definitely something there it's and something. like if anything it's like oh this is what Nate does because mm-hmm. he because honestly he probably feels a lot of guilt and shame every time he has sex. Yeah. Or gets off on something that is not in the binary. Yeah, he gets off the power dynamics. Which also, like, even when he has sex with Maddie, he probably takes the shower because he feels bad that it wasn't, like, perfect for him or something like that. Like, it wasn't what he wanted. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. There's that. That scene's it's awful. But also, it's... the first scene I saw of this episode, I don't know why it was on Twitter just going around, Probably because I watched it late. I didn't watch it when everyone was watching it. No, yeah. Because I don't have HBO cable, so... Yeah. Yeah. That scene is... Yeah. When it first came out, people... There's a lot of talk about that scene, too. It was like, what the fuck? What is happening? Um... But, yeah, so, like, that scene happens. Then, um... I think it goes back to... Uh... Rue, like... Mm -hmm basically fucked up on fentanyl right. and and jules has to like cover for her yeah like calling some backup uh-huh. uh, or fez calls her and she says it's like i'm so happy and like at that point i was like fuck she's wait a fucked. minute but does it is it when she's like the first episode she's like i'm so happy when she's on that one drug but it's like a flashback or flash yeah. forward kind of thing that's probably like i don't really know what fentanyl does if i'm being completely honest mm-hmm. i'm not well-versed which i probably should be because i'm analyzing a show about drugs but it's like maybe that was like kind of like a flash forward to that moment mm. but also this moment was not a moment where she should be happy yeah like i don't know yeah it's uh feel for her yeah. but yeah um so we get into that scene we also get into a scene where cassie 
and McKay, this was a little bit before, but they were talking and McKay was kind of ranting about football and Cassie was kind of joking with him about it and then started to get a little sexual. And McKay kind of shuts her down, which isn't bad in itself to say I'm not in the mood right now. But the way he does it is like he's almost slut shaming her for it. Okay, yeah. And I see how you, what you mean by that. Yeah. And it's like if he had just said, like, oh, I'm not in the mood. And then uh-huh. it would have been like, okay, fine. Okay. But he's like, oh, why do you have to make everything so sexual? Yeah. And it's like, it's like oh. um, sex is normal. Yeah. And it's also like, like the way it connects to the scene in the future uh-huh. where, not the future, but like later on. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> the we know what you mean. Yeah. Um, where Cassie and McKay are texting and she's in bed and he's like, send me nudes. I'm so horny. And it's like, so now it's okay that she's now sexual? It's okay that you're in the you're horny? Yeah. It's like, it's only okay if it's on McKay's time schedule. Which brings it back to the, like that communication piece. Because obviously in a relationship where there are people that are sexually attracted to each other, you have to make sure both people are into it or all people are into it. But like, they've never discussed like explicitly like, hey, I'm into this at this moment. Mm-hmm. They just do. Yeah. And then one or the other person is uncomfortable because they did not communicate. Yeah. And I think that's really the big one one of the major flaws in the relationship. Yeah. And like Cassie like she shuts down when McKay first kind of like slut shames her when uh-huh. he says no, but then like she like immediately sends she's like okay. She's she sends the nudes like uh-huh. after and it's like uh it's like she like feels the need to like like please, please him. him. Yeah. And it's oh, it's just very I want better for I want better for Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, like, there's this whole Maddie and Nate are on their date. We got all that. We see Kat looking at the porn website and seeing that people are kind of hyping her up in the comments. And she's like, "Mm, maybe I could make make some bank off this. And she signs up for sex work. And, like, we'll get more into that the next episode. Yeah. Since that's Kat's episode. But, like, that's the beginning for her. Then we have... Jules picking up Rue uh-huh. and it's the back of a car and Jules is like freaking out like she's not like saying anything but her facial expression is like really really nervous yeah and it obviously it sets up a lot of stuff for like Rue or Jules telling Rue that like I need you to stop doing drugs because exactly. she's she thinks that like Rue's like gonna die at this point right and like this is her moment that Gia and her mom had it's like oh this, this shit's serious. Mm. And, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Then we get into... Jules is taking care of Rue. They're, like, cuddling in bed. Yep. And Shy Guy 118 texts. And, yeah, it's like, oh, I'm sorry I didn't talk to you all day. And it's like, it's fine. And then... And she like, asked, we like, know why he wasn't talking yeah, to him all because day. Because he, be- he was busy beating someone the fuck up. Right. Uh, just Nate things. Just Nate. Yeah. Nate <laughs> but she asks for his name and says oh my name is tyler and then the scene the way the camera works and it like pans up where you kind of see the bottom half of nate's Uh face enough to see that it's nate and him lying down yes and then it's like what the fuck this is where the episode ends too this is a cliffhanger yes it's such a cliffhanger so yeah shy guy 118 is nate right yeah brilliant television especially when you're watching it and can't and you have to wait to watch the next episode. Mm. Episode. Oh my god. Such a. That episode, all in all, problematic as fuck. But also. Storytelling wise, storytelling, ten out of ten. Yeah. Ten out of ten. Yeah. 
Uh, Do so I like yeah. any of these characters? Not really. Mm. But it's pretty good story. Yeah. We okay. like it for the drama. Yeah. Okay, so what's your what's your favorite scene? Okay, so I was thinking about this, and I think my favorite scene, and not because like I like it, but I think it shows truly why Zendaya deserves an Emmy, like you said, is the photograph scene where she's holding the glass mm. and everything. Because, first of all, I was scared. And I'm like, I grew up with Zendaya. Like, shake it up, Rocky. Yeah, I'm like, Rocky, what are you doing? Rocky, what are you doing? (laughs) Casey Undercover, who is this? And then, but like, obviously Zendaya is a brilliant actor. And Mm. we've we've known that. But like, damn, I was scared. Yeah. And I was like, this is an emotionally damaged person. And I feel like she conveyed that mental illness isn't always pretty. But that doesn't mean you don't need help. And Mm. I thought that was really important. What about you? Um, so I actually had two, and, like, that one is one of my favorite mm-hmm. scenes also, like, for all the same reasons, um, because Linnea is just, like, God, her acting skills yeah. just came out. And then my second one is actually the Jules and Rue scene with the, um, like, the little orchard and the bike yes, ride. I love that one, too. Yeah, yeah, just because, just, like, it just was, like, a feel-good scene, where I'm yes. like, yeah, that's kind of so cute. it's also so photogenic, yeah. And, yeah, it was, I agree like, with that. It was, like, so many, like, beautiful colors and all that. Yeah. I just loved it. What was your least favorite scene? least favorite um i think the like least favorite as in it made me like scared and uncomfortable would be mouse the mouse scene but like least favorite and like uh this is just kind of weird i'd have to say maybe mckay and cassie talking Mm -hmm. because it just it made me like feel so uncomfortable for both of them yeah. at that point because it's like it's like obviously McKay was just not into yeah. it but also Cassie's kind of being slut shamed right now yeah. and I was just like this is bad Ooh. for everyone it's I just really bad that. for everyone mm, I yeah like it. what about sure. you so I've been thinking about it my least favorite scene was the one we literally just talked about where Nate is with Tyler and the reason it's my least favorite scene is because so many freaking white gays on Twitter are like it's just so hot to see the victim being empowered. I'm like, no, like, we're not supposed to think Nate is hot in this scene. <laughs> and I'm like, is it their fault? Probably. That like, is it mm. the what the gay people's fault? Probably. But also, what about the cinematography? Did they do to make this look hot? And of course, it was because yeah, Nate was getting off on it. But like, I just feel like they could have made him look a little more evil and less yeah. like a Christian Grey type. Yeah. Because none of that was consensual. None of that was healthy in any sort of way mm-hmm. and I just I didn't like it and I also don't like it when people are like oh my god it's just so hot yeah, yeah. like you can be attracted to Jacob Elordi without saying Nate doing violent shit it's right you can guys. be attracted There's... to Jacob Elordi in any other scene yeah both both exist they both can coexist exist. you don't have you to you can watch the kissing booth if you want to say he's attractive yeah I wouldn't recommend it We're not, but you can do all. it <laughs> you can do that and you can simp over him there we are not simping for Nate Jacobs, especially in this We're scene. not. Don't excuse violent white men's behavior. Right. Especially if you are young. Please don't expect that in a relationship. Most definitely. All right. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that was our episode of uh, No One Asked, episode yeah. two, Something Like My Daddy. Yeah. And if you want to like follow us on social media, you totally can. Um, you want to give your plugs? Yeah. Mine is uh, Miskeen Aiden. Um, I'll like leave it in the description because yeah, it's sure. kind of weird spelling, but yeah. Yeah, uh, my Twitter is at underscore manic pixie dust. Yeah, manic pixie dust. And yeah, just follow that. Yeah. For the most part. Uh, we had fun. All right. Bye. Bye.